This is the story of the blind man healed near Jericho. And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. Now, we beg in different ways. We don't all beg with a tin cup. We all don't have an accordion with a monkey sitting on our shoulders. We all don't uh, look at life all the same way. And we're going to find here in this story of Matthew, Mark, and Luke's description of it that Matthew describes two men begging and two men receiving what they wanted, but Mark and Luke only describe one individual doing it. What happened to him and Mark and Luke, I have no idea, but it's like a person looking at an accident on uh, four people from four different directions see the same accident, they all sit from a different perspective. And that may be the case here, but nonetheless, uh, people were healed because of their actions on their part. Psalms 47 and 1 says, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, shouting to God with a voice of triumph. With a voice of triumph. Sometimes we cheat ourselves out of the blessings of God because we don't acknowledge God the way we should acknowledge Him. Amen? God wants us to come to Him a certain way, and God wants to feel the sincerity in our cry and our call when we come to Him. It's just not throwing our hand up and it didn't mean anything. It's not just uh, saying, God, I need your help, but uh, casually, as you would say it to somebody else, but we're going to find out when you're desperate for God and you're desperate for God to do something in your life, you will vocalize it. You will vocalize it, and you won't care who's, who's near you or who's around you. Amen? Amen? Amen. You may be seated today. So what does the story of Bartimaeus really teach us? Why we aren't told the reason for blindness or how long he endured in this condition, and we aren't told how or where the he went to after it all happened. There's still a lot of story we can learn from this incident. Because while his story is made up of just a few short verses, it contains a very, very powerful message. The message of the story is the blind man is about how desperately he needed Jesus. I would ask you today, how desperately do you need Christ in your life? How desperately, when things are going good, do you still need him the same way? And how we shouldn't let anything hold us back from getting to him what we need. We shouldn't let folks, we shouldn't let family, we shouldn't let situations, we shouldn't let circumstances keep us from getting to where Jesus is. And if we can't get to where he's at, if our cry is desperate enough, I'm pretty sure that he'll come running to us. Whether that be the opinions of others or reputations or our limitations or doubts or fears or our pain and tears, we should do whatever it takes that we can get near the Lord because it is only in his arms can we find the true everlasting healing, not for our bodies only, but for our hearts, our minds, and our souls. So we, so what does the story of Bartimaeus teach us? Well, actually a lot, 
there's nine important lessons that we learn from this man. Let me lay this foundation for you this morning. Persistency of pursuing Christ. The importunity. Remember the story about the man beating on the neighbor's door. I got some guests come in late and I need some bread. And he says, go away. No, I, I, I need some bread. When we have persistency or we have importunity towards God, sooner or later we're going to get God's attention as soon as he sees how serious we are. God doesn't just look for a casual prayer. God doesn't just look for a lay-me-down-to-sleep type prayer. God doesn't look for just that individual that has all oh, the ducks in a row. He's not looking for those that can articulate the words as it comes out of the Scripture. He's not looking for that one that's a great orator, but he's looking for that one that can listen to that still small voice and say, hey, in the middle of the night, God, I need you. In the middle of the day, God, I need your hand of authority in my life. God, I'm going through some things in my life, and I need your help right now. Right now, I need your help. And until he hears those type of cries, he may be reluctant to answer right away. Don't worry about what others think. Get rid of anything that could hold you back. Have faith and believe in God, what God can do. I believe God can still save the unsavable. I still believe God can reach the unreachable. I believe God can still teach the unteachable. Amen. I believe that today. Be careful of what God has done for you and be grateful. And let your life reveal Jesus to others. Remember who you are really. Remember what you really need. These lessons will help us with difficult things in our life that we must face every day because there are more many characteristics of the blind of a body of blind or Barnabas that we need to understand. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Because when we have nothing left, we realize Jesus is our greatest treasure. He's our greatest source. This man wasn't just sitting there uh, 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 casually. He paid attention to what was going on around him. He was curious and inquisitive. I'm thinking of the story with the woman with the issue of blood. She had spent all she had, 12 years in this, in this sickness, whatever the issue may have been, 12 years, spent all she had, went to every doctor, every, everybody that could ever have any type of a healing potion or whatever it was in her day. And when she finally realized the desperation in her life, uh, sometimes desperate things take desperate measures. Amen. Amen. When you are stuck in a situation for a long time, you will become desperate looking for anything that can help you overcome the situation or the circumstances. And sometimes you don't really care where it comes from as long as it's helped you in your situation. So let's get into this story a little bit and see what God has in store for us today. I want to put a title on this today, and it's going to be, I Can't Hold My Peace. I can't hold my peace. I, I just can't hold it no longer. I, I can't, it, it's like a volcano stirring up within me sometimes and I just gotta, I just gotta let it out. I gotta let my expression out to the Lord and say, God, I'm thankful. 
I'm thankful, I'm grateful, Lord, for what you've done for me. I'm thankful for the healing of my son. I'm thankful, Lord, for the healing uh, of my body. I'm thankful, Lord, for the hedge that you put around me. I'm thankful, Lord, for the finances. I'm thankful for a, a lot of things in my life. So I can't always hold my peace because uh, my wife is standing there. I can't always hold my peace because I got a visitor here. I can't always hold my peace because we got visitors in the house. I can't always hold my peace because the, the message may not fit me, but when the Lord begins to move on me, and when the Holy Ghost begins to shake me, and when the power of God begins to move on me, sometimes, sometimes, I've got, I can't hold my peace no longer. I've got to shout unto the God with a voice of triumph. I've got to just give him glory. I've got to give him honor, and I've got to give him praise. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just do that for a moment. Let's give him honor and praise in the house. I just can't hold my peace. I've got to express the way I feel and how I feel before this God of Abraham. Hallelujah. The journey that is recorded is a very important journey. Jericho marked the last stage of the journey to Jerusalem for Jesus. Jesus on his way to Jerusalem where he knew he was to die. It is the last stage of the journey of him, but it is the first stage for the journey of this man. But it was in this moment, in this trying time, that God began to listen. I love it when I start a new journey with God. I love it when I can move up another dimension in him. I love it when I become uh, 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 flexible, if I could use that term, for the Holy Ghost. I love it when God moves on me and says, hey, you've been in this long enough. It's time to move on to another valley or another mountain in your life. I love it when God begins to talk to me and say, hey, uh, you, you, you've, you've compressed this long enough. Let's move out of this situation. I, I know you don't have the strength right now to, to move on, but if you'll allow me to help you, if you'll allow me to give you some strength, if you'll allow me to have fellowship with you, if you allow me, maybe we both could drink from the same cup today. Maybe we both could do something together. Hey, listen, I'll put my arm around you. I'll pray with you. I'll encourage you. I'll lift you up. Anything to get you into a mode where I can utilize you in the kingdom. Amen. I love it when I start a new journey. As Jesus travels near Jericho, a blind man is begging by the side of the road and he hears a commotion. He asks, what's going on? And they tell him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. We need to have folks in the house of God today, not only home folks, but visitors that look at somebody and say, hey, what's all the commotion going on up around that altar? And we can look at them and say, hey, somebody's receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Huh? That's what's going on up around that altar. We need to be, have people look at us and say, hey, what's all the commotion over there in that corner? Well, the pastor's over there praying for somebody that has a desperate need and, and that need's being met right now. And then we want that individual that's asking the question, what's going on, to turn to them and say, hey, do you need anything from the Lord today? Huh? 
Come on, do you need anything from God today? Is there anything I can do to encourage you? Can I pray with you? Can I lift you up? And if they don't want anything, we need to stand there and maybe put our hand on their shoulder and begin to say, God, encourage them. Encourage them. They're inquisitive today. They're curious of what's going on. Help them go from there to here. Help them go from there to there. Amen. What's all the commotion about? What an opportunity that we realize or we feel our Lord and Savior passing by, that we can engage in his presence and fellowship with him on a daily basis. Not all have the opportunity, nor will all get the opportunity when he passes by. The Lord has passed by here this morning. Several times I feel he's moved in and out of these pews, touching people's lives, and, and, and people have, have reacted to that opportunity. But then there's been some that, that uh, if he was standing right there, they may not move them at all. Who are you? Well, I'm the one you serve. Oh, great. You need to go down the altar? You didn't catch that, did you? Now look with me at this. Then it happened that as he was coming near Jericho, that a certain man blind sat by the roadside begging, and hearing the multitude passing by, he asked what it meant, and they told him Jesus was passing by. Maybe he had heard of the miracles that Jesus had done outside of his presence. Maybe he said in his mind, I'm going to get mine today. Maybe he said, this may be my only opportunity, my only chance to get what I need from him. I have been sitting here for a number of years. I, I've been begging. I'm tired of begging. You think a beggar likes to beg? You think the blind man liked to beg? No, he'd like to get up and see trees and see his family and see those things around him that all he hears is a whistle of a bird. He'd like to hear that bird or see that bird. He'd probably like to see the water that he hears running over the rocks in the brook. He'd probably like to uh, look at his wife or his children eyeball to eyeball and give them a hug. And this is what, but no, he is a blind man, born blind, been blind all of his life, begging. And now he says, listen, I'm going to seize the opportunity. I may not get this chance again, but I'm going to seize the opportunity that is before me. And I don't care who's around me. If you want to be a part of it, come and be a part of it. But I'm going to get mine today. Why? Because I can't keep my praise in any longer. I won't keep my praise in any longer. I won't keep my petition hidden any longer. I won't keep my prayers back any longer. I won't hold back my tears any longer. I'm going to get mine today. I'm going to get mine today. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm getting mine today. Maybe he had thought in his mind, will I ever get the chance to meet this man? and get restored the way I should be. He needed sight. A lot of us can see naturally, but we can't see spiritually. This man at least knew that he was blind in perpetual darkness, and he knew what his condition was. Listen, it's good when you can realize the condition you're in. It's nice 
When the Lord reveals to you, you've got some unrepented sin. You've got some presumptuous sins. You've got some secret faults in your life. You just haven't been doing right. You haven't been walking right. You haven't been talking right. You haven't been looking right. Your senses that I gave you, you're using for the wrong motivation. And it's good when God begins to stir us in our spirit and say, hey, listen, I need to have a mountaintop experience with you. We need to get you out of the valley where, you're, where you feel like you're run down and wore out and no good to nobody. I need to let you have a mountaintop experience where you can learn to, to trust me and have some compassion with me and, and let me have some fellowship with you. But a lot of times we don't listen to the voice of God. We have it as a passing moment. No, what passed you up was not the moment per se, but the Lord just passed you up. This man at least knew his blindness. He knew his condition. How many of us today recognize our condition in need of a Savior, in need of a healer? Sometimes life has, been, has so many distractions in it. And life has so many answers in it, but none fulfill the way God can. I, I, I'm just not satisfied. I, I, I tried all that the world has to offer. I, I, I watched the ball game last night, and, and, and while I was watching the ball game, thousands of people jumping up and down, going hoarse and going crazy and, and, and over, over a, a stinking ball game. And I thought to myself, my goodness, if I could walk into that stadium and begin to proclaim the name of the Lord, I wonder how many would still be hollering and going crazy over the name of Jesus. <laughs> Come on, it's just not a passing name. The name of Jesus is just not a casual name. The name of Jesus is the one that saved my family. He's the one that healed my body. That name of Jesus is the one that brought salvation into my life. That name of Jesus caused me to get to go down in a watery grave. That name of Jesus washed away my sins from the east to the west. That name of Jesus will heal my grandchildren and my grandchildren's children and my grandchildren's children's children for a thousand generations. That name of Jesus is a sacred name. Hallelujah. Ha ha. Ha. Come on. Give him praise in the house. Give him praise in the house. I can't hold back my peace. I can't hold back my peace. I got to express something to the Lord today. Ha. Hallelujah. You can't really feel the opportunity when it arises that this is my one and only opportunity to find relief from the pressures of life. You may say, I don't know what it feels like to have salvation. I've never had it. I don't know what it feels like to be healed. I've never been healed. I, I, I've always trusted in the doctor. I've always trusted in the pill. I've always trusted in modern medicine. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I had something and I, I took a pill and got rid of it. But I've never been healed, I know, by God. And I don't know if I've ever been healed by somebody praying a prayer of faith over me. What a shame. What a shame. We got to get the message outside these four walls and let people know there's a healer in the house. There's a healer in the house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How can I possibly miss something that I've never had? All I need is that there is a void, an emptiness inside of me, and I've never been able to fulfill it. Perhaps this is your day. Perhaps this is your day. 
I've got to express how I feel before God. Hallelujah. He, on, he not only did not know, he knew his condition, but he believed Jesus that was the Messiah, and he knew that he was doing something for him. This man broke the rules of silence and chose the course and changed the course of his life forever. Come on, just listen. Have you ever brought him by the church and you kept praying, God, don't let Sister Got Rocks get excited. Lord, don't let Brother Jones run. They're right behind us. This visitor's never been in an apostolic church before, and, and something's fixing to happen. I can feel it. I, can, I, I feel Sister Got Rocks getting excited. I feel her. And all of a sudden, whoo! And your neighbor jumps up two pews because he's unscared the pudding out of him. We've all been there. This man broke the rule of silence and changed the course of his life forever. Our Lord was going to Jerusalem to die, and he had weightier matters on his mind, but he found the time to be concerned over one poor suffering soul. Thank God when he takes time out for you and I. Whew. He's a busy God. He's a busy God. Listen, I, I, I'm on my way to Jerusalem. I got about 20 miles to go, but we're going to pass through Jericho and the multitudes following him. And, and, and he's got everything and everybody on his mind then, there, and now. And, 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 and I feel something. I feel a cry. I feel a desperate soul in need of something. Of something. When others said, hold your peace, he said, I can't hold my peace. You're not walking in my shoes. You're not living my life as a beggar. I refuse to die in my dilemma. My circumstances will not be the same from this day forward. See, he had a made-up mind. And I'm paraphrasing what he's thinking. I don't know what he's thinking, but I'm thinking if I was him, I'd be thinking this way. And he shouted, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Matthew says, Both blind men shouted that out. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And in Matthew it says, Both of them came to the Lord. I won't be deprived by the trials of my life. I might get slowed down, but don't count me out. When I get my head on straight, when I start seeing through spiritual eyes instead of natural eyes all the time, when I start seeing my full potential for the kingdom of God, devil, you better watch out. Because I'm about to get my praise on. I'm about to shout out what I need from the Lord. I can't hold my peace. This volcano of eruption inside of me from the Holy Ghost is fixing to blow the top of my head clear off. And you better, don't, be, don't get in my way when I begin to start running. Don't get in my way when I get ready to start doing my jigging and jagging. Don't, don't get in my way. Because I'm going to start expressing how I feel about God because 
Listen, I can't hold my peace when I begin to think about the goodness of God. I can't hold my peace when I think about what God has given me and done for me. I can't hold my peace when I begin to look back and know for 40-some years, Jim and Kim has been faithful to the house of God. I can't hold my peace when I know my wife has put up with me for 50 years. I can't hold my peace when I know my children are serving God. I can't hold my peace when I know there's people being born in the kingdom of God. Come on, church. Somebody ought to stand up and just begin to worship the Lord and say, God, I can't hold my peace any longer. I've got to praise you. I've got to exalt you. I've got to lift you up. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Listen, listen. Sometimes those who see the most clearly are not those who stand out in society. The rich, the famous, and the powerful. In fact, this blind man stands out by showing us that faith does work. And faith will have its perfect work. Because of his choice of words, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. The blind man recognizes who Jesus was. He is the Messiah. He is the promised seed from the line of David. The, uh, he recognizes of who Jesus was is basis for everything else that happens in his life. Listen, when you begin to recognize who God is, when you begin to recognize who he is, when you begin to recognize what he is, when you begin to recognize what he can do for you, it will change the course of your life forever and ever and ever and ever when you begin to realize who this man is that you call on. Hallelujah. 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 Even today, what you believe about Jesus is the single most important thing in your life. It is on that question alone that all eternity rests. Who is this man they call Jesus? I would like to share with you this morning three abiding spiritual truths. First, first reason will offer you many excuses. We're not trying to serve the Lord, but wait on God. That day when Jesus passed by, Bartimaeus was suddenly faced with the biggest decision of his life. Would he continue to be dependent on others where he felt safe, or would he assume the responsibility for himself? That's a question I want to ask you today. Will you rely on others to do what God is expecting you to do? Or will you have enough Boldness in the Holy Ghost, rootness in the Holy Ghost, groundness in the Holy Ghost to look at yourself in the mirror and say, listen, I do need my fellowship and my brothers and sisters, and I do need prayers from other people, but they can't serve God for me. They, they, they can't worship God for me. I can't make it to heaven on my pastor's coattail. I, I, I got I to sometimes stand on my own two feet, look in that mirror and say, Ron Rogers, if you're going to make it to heaven, you're going to make it to heaven because you choose to make it to heaven, because you want to make it to heaven. And if you can't praise me down here, you're sure not going to get the opportunity to praise me up there. 
right. He chose to cry out. Think for a moment about whatever rut you may be in. Yes, you can continue to blame your parents your, uh, or society or your nationality or your rotten luck in life or your lack of self-discipline or a bad genes you inherited from your parents or you can blame the weather or whatever. You're certainly free to do so, but I don't want you to miss out on this truth. You need to know that Jesus, every day he passes through Jericho or every day he passes through your life, but he never passed through Jericho again. He never passed through Jericho again. No wonder the blind man said, this may be my only chance. No wonder he said, I've got to seize the opportunity. I'm telling some of you in here today, you may not get another chance. I don't want to be negative, but I've got to tell you the truth. You may not get another chance to express your praise to him. You may not get another chance to exalt your peace to him. You may not get another chance to lift him up in your life. But listen, while the opportunity is here, why the opportunity is here? Why don't we seize the opportunity? I can't hold my peace. I can't hold my peace. I can't hold my peace. 